Welcome to episode 23 with Jodie Hill, the founder of Thrive Law, and she's also a founder of a thriving environment where mental health is concerned, as she's massive on it, she's massive on it for her staff, but she's also trying to get laws passed for businesses where a mental health risk assessment should be passed for each individual business, not just a physical health assessment. So she is a a thought leader where mental health is concerned in the workplace. She also does something similar to the Mantalia Club and runs something called Thriving Minds, which considers performance for women um, and creates a good communal environment for, for people wanting to achieve the goals and go to the next level. Just before we kick off, I'm going to give a shout out to Response Mortgage Services. I know Andrew Quinn down at Response Mortgages and he's an absolute legend. I think he's a brilliant guy. And what he did do for me is take the stress out of buying my first home. Buying your first home is one of life's greatest achievements, but it can be a stressful experience. And I can remember those guys holding my hand throughout the whole experience of that. So I wanted to give a shout out to Response Mortgage Services. If you are looking to be a first-time buyer, or if you're looking for personal protection or household insurance, give Response Mortgage a shout, please, because they are legends. Thank you for supporting the podcast and thank you for supporting our mission. Without further ado, I think we will kick on into this podcast. Enjoy it, guys. Jodie, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just for listeners uh, of a mentality podcast and thriving, thriving law. Um, Jodie's kind of been looking after me a bit. I know you've been taking me around, dropping you around, picking me up and dropping me off. So I've invited <laughs> Jodie on the podcast and just cheekily said, "Could you give me a lift up to Wheatwood Hall for the podcast?" Because right now I. Uh, I'm not the right fit, am I at a minute? No, with that leg. <laughs> yeah, with this with this leg. So hopefully I get this off the brace off in two days and um we've 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 sought to get Jordan on a podcast to talk a little bit about creating or launching your own solicitor firm be yeah. before the age of thirty. Yep, that's right. And also the stuff that you're doing with mental health, which is which is sure. big, which is brilliant. And um just to get I guess get get into the mindset behind that, but also the the stuff that you're doing and the stuff that you're passionate about. So, just for the listeners for Mentality, Jody, could you tell us a little bit about yourself, sure. a bit about your background and where you see yourself at now? Cool. Yeah, that's fine. So I'm a solicitor by by trade. Well, I was a barrister, then became a solicitor. And last year I set up my own law firm when I was 29. And now I've got a team of eight. So we specialise in employment law, but we have a huge focus around mental health. And mental health has always been a passion of mine. I've worked with, um, you've probably heard of a charity called Mind. Mm -hmm. Leeds Mind play a huge part um, in the community, but they support a lot of people um, who are in work to stay in work. So I help them. Uh, with that on a pro bono basis, which is like for free, effectively. Um, So, so yeah, I I set, like I say, I set up Thrive um, just over a year ago. And at the same time, I launched the campaign that you're talking about. Um, So it was through that campaign um, that, people recommended that I speak to you because you're obviously passionate as well about mental health. And the purpose of the campaign is to just put mental health to the top of the agenda for all businesses. So 
Originally, we started the campaign suggesting that people should um, have first aiders in the workplace that are specialists on mental health, not just physical health. And now, we, t in fact, today, we just relaunched um, One Mind, which is a campaign to go a bit further than just training, but identify what we need in the business. So different businesses need different things around mental health. So it might be a strategy, it might be a policy, it might be um, support like through counselling groups, champions. There's lots of different mm. things that people can do. But at the moment, there's nothing in legislation forcing any employers to do anything about it. Is One um, Mind a programme launched by by Thrive as well? Yeah, so we so originally um, it was just a campaign and we updated it because there was a debate in Parliament in January um, around the exact point that we were campaigning around. So we listened to what the MPs said, we consulted and we rehashed and updated the campaign, giving it a new fresh look and called it One Mind because we all have one mind and if you don't look after it, you know, it's very, very okay. difficult to go back. Um, so prevention is everything when it comes yeah. to mental health. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. So what kind of stuff do you, obviously you're so proactive now at the minute and, and putting this in the workplace and obviously raising so much awareness yeah. around it and you go into the, the lengths of, to parliament. And, I know, yeah. And, and quite, so you're going big. There's you're no going stopping big. me now, no, is there? No, you're going big. You see how enthused you are by when you, yeah. when you talk about it as yeah. well, which is awesome. Um, what are the sort of stuff that you put in place that you, you're conscious of, that you think of, um, that should be at a workplace like what what are the things that you've seen either by experience yeah. or learning over these last few years so i've got um, well i i suffered quite badly with anxiety and PTSD. So from a personal perspective, um, I think there's um, a lack of understanding of what those conditions are in the workplace. So if you talk about that in like an environment like law, where everybody's mm. strong and focused and works really long Striving hours. all the time. Yeah, yeah. and I think um, people wear, wear a badge of honour when they've worked like ridiculous hours. And so for me, it was about breaking down that stigma. And, you know, sometimes if you haven't slept because you've been anxious or I had insomnia as well for like a year, which Oof. was the worst thing ever because when you did sleep it was only because of a sleeping tablet and then mm. when you don't sleep you can't function so that mm. was particularly difficult because what I do is all in my brain so yeah. I need my brain to yeah. work yeah. so um so yeah I suppose like a lot of my drive was from personal experience but also from having advised people in the workplace who've come to me and they've said you know this has happened in the workplace. My employer didn't do this and it's caused me to have a mental breakdown or it's caused me to leave my job. And I think last year, 300,000 people left their jobs because they were mentally ill, because their employers didn't support them. And that is absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just think, why, why are employers not doing more? So in terms of what can they do, um, there's all sorts of stuff out there for free. So it's not even that people have to pay loads of money. There's uh, training that you can do through charities there's resources online from a variety of places like like mind mm -hmm. mindwell touchstone um there's other companies like mentor there's loads of loads of places where you can get resources yeah. but i think the starting point has to be identifying what does that business need so yeah. kind of like doing a risk assessment or an audit to say well what have you already got in place um what's your demographic so does does anyone have specific conditions that you need to tailor for and then mm. going from there because one size won't fit all with mental health very true yeah mm. very true that, that that's such a good point and um you say the risk assessment there, is yeah. that 
what you're trying to pass? Is that is that nuts and bolts of what you're trying to pass? Essentially, yeah, because what we found with the just requiring everybody to have one specific piece of training is that it doesn't actually solve the issue. We need something a bit more preventative because the training could come into play Um only where there's a crisis situation. So what we're trying to do is look more preventative. And, and so having that risk assessment on the first day. So the analogy I always give, and I spoke to Paula Sheriff last week, one of the um, Jewsbury, uh, the Jewsbury MP, and she said, you know, this is the best analogy. We come into a, an office and we test our electricals, we test the fire alarms, um, we test all physical things, but we don't test anything to do with mental safety. So it's so it's like changing our thought process and making that normal. Yeah, really. yeah, I like that. And and and, it, and you say it's not one size fits all. It's very true. Just like it isn't for physical, because mm-hmm. you might you might work in a solicitor's firm, you might be a firefighter, yeah. you might be a rugby player. There's so many different things that there's going to need a different exactly. requirements, different... Exactly. And some people, like some businesses work from home, they work on the road. So yep. their requirements are completely different. Some people work away, like you guys are away quite a lot. Yeah. Um, what about, you know, sports people when they leave the profession, that support when they leave. So every profession and every business has different needs. So I don't think we can force one business to do one thing. Mm-hmm. We have to make it more bespoke to each business. And, and the starting point has to be by identifying what the risks are to that business and to the staff that's such a good idea and it's and there's nothing wrong and I guess it's a big it's a big thing or a big process to actually do to just yeah. to just address it in it yeah from from the goal from 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 the start and there should be risk assessments, assessments yeah I mean they have risk assessments now for like your computer so you have a DSE assessment and mm-hmm. you have to check does your computer sit right is it okay for your neck and do you need any adjustments but Generally, there isn't anything that, well, there isn't anything that's compelled, um, but employers don't generally go and ask questions around mental health mm. because actually they don't know what to say. So it's about destigmatizing that conversation. And if it's compulsory and people have to do it, then they'll then they'll be more open in that conversation. Yeah. And it's already addressed. It's already yeah. addressed. Yeah. And then you do it from day one. So everybody knows where they stand and you're not, you know, three years down the line and someone has a breakdown and the employer didn't know about it because they didn't have an open environment. And that's what we're finding at the moment. They should be more prepared after yeah. that. After that. Yeah. yeah. And, and thinking back to your experience in your specific, you know, yeah. being a lawyer and, 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 and coping with the stresses of that, can you pinpoint what it would be in, in your environment, in, in your work environment for, what, for yeah. what it was for you. So is what, how, as, as like works? a trigger, you mean? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. It's like, is that how could you can pinpoint it to your experiences? Was it from work? or? Was yeah, it from different... I think it's a mixture of things. Um, often it's work-based because it's, it's often when you find people who are um, in professions like where it's, you know, where it's hourly rates. So yeah. your billable hours, your targets, your workload, you're meeting the demands of clients who want everything yesterday. Um, so that was a huge pressure. But I think the most difficult thing is when you go off and you're not making money for the business and then they um, kind of don't need you anymore and right. there's not that support. Mm. Um, so my drive for setting up Thrive, if there's a, that's, that rhymes. Like that. Well, you use that <laughs> my now, drive for setting up Thrive, I'll coin that, <laughs> yeah. um, was was really around creating an environment that wasn't focused around how many hours we do. And mm. um, it was more about creating a culture where people could grow and be themselves and talk openly about mental health in the workplace. Um, I think if you can't talk openly and people make, and or people make derogatory comments, say I was called weak, 
um, you know, pathetic or stupid woman and, you know, that kind of thing. And it's it's really not helpful when you're going through all of that shit in your head Um, Mm. because actually you're trying, you're kind of battling that anyway. It's already really difficult. Um, So sometimes just the way people say things and and what they say can make a really big difference, I think. What could you say about the thrive culture? Like what what, yeah. what what different things could you say about that for it being open and helpful and, and, and what a, a workplace could take on? Yeah, take? I suppose. And do you know what, actually? I just did a blog today for Mindful Employer about what we do in our business. Um, and it was it really made me think about all the things and it was really long. So we have um, an online platform called Mente, which pr- provides e-learning okay. around mental health. It's also got a staff, a confidential staff survey so that we can always keep on top of what our staff really think about what we're doing um which I think is amazing yeah it's really really good and I can like send a link if people want to to see that 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 we use in the the show notes yeah um the other stuff that we do is really just about the campaign stuff makes us really open so people know that you know if if I if I'm talking about it all the time then they feel comfortable to tell me exactly so the girls are really open with me um in the office, um, I'm open with them. So I still have therapy and I'll come in and tell them that I've had that. So for us, that it is just a normal conversation. And I think that's that's the hardest thing to do in a business because there's always one person who's like, oh, mental health. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so we do that. We also um, encourage taking breaks and we don't encourage long long hours so Mm. you know if someone stays past the hours I make sure that they work flexibly and then get to leave early another day so I'm really really passionate about that and I have to practice what I preach as well Mm. which is really hard when you're the business owner yeah I just to finish this off but you know what it makes such a difference if you if you do that because if you're not practicing what you preach then a bit hypocritical and it's a lot of lip service so I think that's really really empowering to people when you do that and then the other thing is the events that we do because we get all the staff involved they get access to all of those resources and they get to meet people who are passionate about mental health who Mm. share our values um, and then that means we attract clients who share those values so it just creates a culture of openness honesty and and like-minded people really. Yeah I want to say I mean you touched on it a little bit there um, but do you find it that openness and, and that kind of conscientiousness kind of mm. overflows into into the practice of being a lawyer and, yeah. and, and building relationships and, and, and I think so in. yeah because I think some of our clients then um, come on board because they like what we're doing around the mental health stuff so they might have seen us at an event that we've run or on or, you know in the media stuff that we're doing or they might have followed our campaign um, and then they become a client indirectly but through those values so it does mean that it kind of infiltrates through to that client base so it makes it more enjoyable it make, means that you have nice clients because you you know we all share the same values which is really hard to do when you work for somebody else in another firm yeah you can't, you can't have much effect on that exactly yeah so so yeah from our perspective we are trying to do things differently we operate in a way where we think we're a bit different and people have um, I mean I'm about to do my survey so I'll have to let you know what my staff actually think <laughs> yeah. but they did they did say to me in fact one of the girls said to me yesterday she was like you know we we genuinely just want to make you proud and it's such a nice wow. feeling yeah. to that they just really enjoy coming to work I mean, uh, that's, a lot that's of people don't enjoy ticks. work, do yeah, they? That is one of the main ticks. And I, yeah. I'm really, really lucky. And you're probably yeah. the same. 
to enjoy work. I love and, it. And it's not yeah. it's not a massive percentage of the of the UK which which yeah. have that. Um, and that contributes to uh, mental ill health is when you don't enjoy going mm. in every day. If you start to feel devalued, demotivated, um, those are the things that then start to affect mental health. And if you if you love what you do every day, it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. So that yeah. so it's creating that for the girls as well. And I hope that it's sustainable as we grow. Um, but they are really open and, you know, to the extent that I've just interviewed someone and she was really open about her mental health in her interview. Yeah. So she felt she could do that really empowers me to keep yeah, going. Yeah, there's a certain power or there's a certain, like, openness that, that kind of, I think, allows you to get close to people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's that vulnerability, I guess, where... It is, it's vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And it's such a powerful thing and, and obviously people don't look to use it. It's not like, yeah. it's quite counterintuitive, but... Yeah. I do know from from building relationships in the past, you know, couple, two or three years for me, I've grown so close to people yeah. and, and met so many good different people, connected with so many different people. Yeah, we, we have is, through the mental health stuff. I mean, we've made some amazing connections with the likes of like Tom Reardon, you know, mm. he's the CEO of Leeds City Council and he's literally, he said, you know, I'll support you with anything. Mm. You know, I'm really proud of what you're doing. And, you know, people like like that or MPs and, you know, like yourself, there's Rob Vickerman, there's loads of people that we've worked with who have approached me through means that I would never have, you know, yeah. dealt, with, dealt with them before. And then, you know, really are supportive on a continuing basis. It's not just a one off they genuinely believe that it's a good thing yeah. um to support so it's really nice actually yeah and uh, i guess that that relates to i was looking um browsing your instagram um <laughs> i was looking at your instagram these different stories i did yeah. want to talk about a little a little bit of vietnam we'll see see if we get there <laughs> um but you have a you have a like a story um which is loaded up there and it's quotes, and I was looking through the quotes, having a, having a scan through the yeah. quotes. And there was one that, that you'd coined, you've coined a few quotes already today, but um, <laughs> <laughs> there was one you coined, and it was like, everyone has mental health. Yeah. Um, it's just there's different factors that contribute to um, mental, mental Ill Ill health. health. Yeah. Um, and it's such a good way. To, we're talking openly about it. Um, and for me, it feels really normal to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, it does um, for me. But for a lot of people, it still doesn't. And I think mm. that's that's really interesting. Um, I, when I have conversations with people who clearly don't ever talk about mental health, that you can see they physically look uncomfortable. Yeah. And that's uh, that's part of the problem is that, you know, the, the culture that we've created in a lot of workplaces and in society is generally that we don't talk about that because it's yeah. not something we talk about. Yeah. And so things like this and events and, you know, social media, all those things are a great way to destigmatize and, and to create a more open environment the more people talk about it the better but yeah, yeah. like those quite it's true we all have mental health yeah yeah like we all have physical that's health that's it that's it yeah and it's it's just and it's just i guess for, for the workplace as well it's putting those factors in and and kind of taking those surveys knowing everyone's value yeah encouraging people to be open and mm. that, that that contributes to good mental health mm. but if you don't look at it or you don't have these risk assessments, mm. you, you're guessing. You're guessing, you are guessing. Or you're leaving it to, yeah. to, to, to whatever way it finds itself yeah. naturally, which yeah. is, is a cause for, for, for mental health. And, and there's definitely things that can be put in place. And um, we, we're starting to do workshops um, through Mentality. Okay. Um, and, I, and it's based around the talk that I do. There's, it's, there's five key learning points that, that I do um, for Mentality in my talks, but then... We wanted to do long-term ones where I go in each month um, and spend time with a group of of of, of people of, of workers mm. um, and going through these key learning points that I've learned over the, mm. the past time. And I found those kind of factors, those those values that and 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 kind of things to think about 
in a workplace, but mm. also in your personal life. Yeah. Um, whether it's making better relationships or living better and living more in the moment. Um, I really, really feel like there's so much more that can be offered that's, that's not been, and, and you've, you're on the same vein, you're yeah. consciously looking at it. That's uh, it. And the, the, like you, you hit the nail on the head there, there isn't one training session that's going to fix it. Mm. It's that continuous, consistent approach yeah. that has a much more positive effect. And the, the difficulty is a lot of businesses are doing a tick box. A lot of people do a tick box. A lot of people go, oh, I did yoga once and why am I not fixed? Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. well, that's because that's that. that's <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Uh, yeah. But it's like with physical health you know you go to the gym consistently to get a good body or to yeah. get fit you don't just go on one run and mm. it's the same process with meditation with mindfulness with um with your therapy with yeah. whatever aspect of your personal professional development when it comes to mental health it's got to be consistent yeah. and you have to take a bit of responsibility as well i don't think it's all on employers i think there is i think we spend most of our time at work that's why I think, you know, it's important for employers Good to create to a off. psychologically safe environment. But actually, we have to look after ourselves as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's um, a lot of ownership on, on yeah. what you do yourself. And that, I guess, you're you're at the front of that. You're pushing that into in, into um, people's awareness that yeah. it's something that you Well, can, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. But that is something that, that people need to think about. And we're always banging the drum at mentality. And it's, yeah. it's, it's an ever ever present and ever important thing that, that we do so it's good to, to to have you on and talk about mm -hmm. that um and i guess that does relate to to thrive women as well yeah and and, and i guess that's in the same vein that you're creating yeah something. so we set up so originally we set up thriving minds which is about mental health in the workplace that's the seminar stuff but thrive women was born out of the fact that i wanted to empower women women generally um have more confidence issues in the workplace have what we call imposter syndrome mm. um women generally devalue themselves when it comes to things like promotions and setting up businesses mm. so we wanted to create an environment that would empower emerging leaders and and um, we had we had our launch last we not last week week before uh, which sold out and it was amazing and everybody's kind of you know said they're coming to the next one and the next one focuses on raising your profile so we've got someone from the BBC the Yorkshire Post and ITV coming to wow. talk so it's really it's really about empowering women anyone can come um, but and we actually have a male ambassador. All which right. I like okay. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Nice. because he does he empowers women all the time Can't and he's amazing. Can't believe it. <laughs> well, do you want to be a Thrive Woman ambassador? <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but no, do you know what? It's, it, that's what it's about. It's not about um, um, putting restrictions on who can and can't take part. It's about those people who do empower individuals in the workplace. Mm. And um, and yeah, and it, it went really well. We had an amazing speaker from, uh, she was ex-solicitor, but she set up a tech company. She has a huge focus on well-being. In fact, she always like, she surfs and goes, does yoga. Like, cool. she's really yeah, cool. Yeah. 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 Nice. And, and she talked a lot about well-being, how important that is. Mm. Um, and whenever we have, so there's a lot of well-being that gets brought into these um, business networking meetings yeah. and some Prosecco as well. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's after, that's after all series. Yeah, yeah. Done. yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's, it's about that, um, that wider perspective and, and looking at not just the mental health, but um, other aspects of it. So we're also supporting the BAME community as well. So looking at how um, mental health and empowerment is is different in that type of community. So yeah, it's, it's really about stretching it out and looking at all these different areas and not just focusing on one thing, because actually there's so many contributing factors to mental health and well-being. Yeah, uh, and it, it does relate to something that we've done. We've, we've created a mentality club and um, basically that's, 
you know, guys guys who support mentality and yeah. who want to have more of a hand in what mentality do. And um, what does the club say? So did the club have um like to do people come and meet? Is that, that so this is or? it's been going for about yeah. two months now. Yeah. Um and funny enough, there's some guys over in Ireland that that may struggle to make the, the socials and stuff like that. But mm. we are looking to have socials, to have socials. Yeah. Um, we have a WhatsApp group. We have monthly Implexus workout centrum, mm -hmm. um, which is by Ian Kirk, who works at Implexus and he's worked for Rhinos. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. he's a big strength and conditioner, like guru, yeah. um, which is, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that for Mentality Club to, to be someone who's interested in fitness and looking after themselves, yeah. that's like a tick in itself because yeah. he's such a guru. Um, but then it's also being being a part of, of that club and um, getting little bit bit of info drip fed into yeah. it and um, and and being a and 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 the biggest thing I, I do feel is is the relationships and um, the sort of community vibe that you get from it. Yeah, well, that's do you know what that's so similar to Thrive Women. So that's what we've done. We've created a closed Facebook group, mm. and our ambassadors will feed information in there, and we'll all support each other. And I'm mm. also designing my own journal, so nice. so we can all track our journey. So I'm doing one for Thrive Women, yeah. and then I this I have. I've just decided today that I'm going to do one for Thriving Minds as well for our conference. So I'd quite like to do, they're going to be slightly different. One's going to be more business focused. One's going to be more well-being focused. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really there to, to get that accountability and to track that journey. And yeah. I found from journaling and doing um, daily gratitude and reflection, it really makes a positive impact you on your process. Yeah. 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 It's good. I mean, that's, that's good that you're coming together. And, and I do think that that's, that's one of the most important things really to have that kind of network. I'm lucky as being a rugby player. I've always You've had got that network the guys, yeah. and other guys, but when guys leave school and or they leave college, mm. university, and they're in they're in that job, and they're wanting to open the perspectives yeah. to different things, it does help to have that like like you've you've mentioned a lot the like minded community or that yeah. like minded group of people, which people which can feel me. isolated, can't they? When they when they fall out of a group, like you say, if if they leave a um, school or they leave a rugby club or they leave a place of work and they fall yeah. out of that community, yeah. um, that's again, that's a real issue. Um, social isolation is a huge thing that we're talking about this year. Um, there's loads of amazing, amazing work going on in Leeds. I think the Leeds Community Foundation are doing loads of amazing work around yeah. that. Um, but that's, again, it's a huge thing. So many people are, are really lonely at Mm. within our city and that that's that seems bizarre when we're all on social media but yeah, actually it isolates yeah. people because they just you know people are so isolated and i just think how can that be in this world that like, yeah. people we've feel got, that way we've all got into that trap where you, you sit down to do one thing on your phone yeah. and you end up sat there two and a half hours later and you're going what am i doing on here and yeah you get, scrolling you get like square <laughs> eyes and you get an headache and you're like i need to go out but yeah. then you can't be asked going out and you're like it just kind of it, it it is that fake connectivity or that fake kind of dopamine. That... Vicariously live through other people's mm. social media as well. And you feel as though you've seen somebody just because you've seen a post. Yeah. And it's that's that fakeness that you're on about because actually yeah. that's not human interaction. No. And, and we, I mean, I say this with friends all the time. You haven't seen them in like a year. And I'm like, yeah, but you did this and you did that. And you kind of see what they've done, yeah. but actually haven't physically seen them. And it's so different. That's it, that actual human contact yeah, it's makes like a difference. It's like you've been updated of it and, and kind of seeing what's going on, but you've not had that, that proper, um, that, that, that contact, that proper kind yeah. of 
catch up with him. Yeah. You've not had it, but you, you kind you of You just kind of feel like you have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's just all this, this technology that's updating you by it. And uh, I, mean, I mean, social media is, is one to speak about and, and kind of you can go down so many different paths with it, can't yeah. you, for what you should talk well, about. Well, we, we try to use it to empower. I mean, you, we've got our Thrive Instagram and I post quite a lot of um stuff around mental health and positive quotes but I think it is about empowering people like even little things that I don't realize that have helped someone and then they'll message me and go that post really helped me that day um because some people get really annoyed if you post loads of stuff but um if it helps one person I'd rather do that um even like just personally this morning I went for a run and I posted a picture and one of my friends was like that's motivated me to do that and so I was like that's that's the kind of shit you want to do yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) not just like yeah selfies and yeah all that stuff. exactly it's, and it, it you know you're creating you know people people follow you and then you know they they then are feeling motivated in their own lives to do mm. things that are positive and healthy yeah i do think there's a there's a responsibility to to use it properly yeah um and you just don't know don't know the effect that you have on people and i guess your mentality and 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 and, and your and your kind of boost in there is is the same thing it's yeah. just pushing people it's motivating people and is turning heads to what we think anyway yeah. is, is the right way to go. Yeah. And um, there's a lot of responsibility on, 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 I guess, people like us to to, to share a good message. Um, I will ask you about Vietnam, I think. Yes. What, what did you think to that? Oh, it was amazing. Well, I did Vietnam and Cambodia. Yeah. Um, Vietnam was awesome. The food is insane. I love food. The food's the best thing about Vietnam, isn't it? Oh, my God. So have you been to Vietnam? I've been, I've been to Vietnam. Uh. I went... Well, halfway through October, I think. Uh, okay. Well, we weeks. we just did Hanoi and Halong Bay okay, and Ho Chi Minh yeah. City. Right. So we didn't the do chaos, any of the... Co- yeah, absolute madness. <laughs> yeah. Although Halong Bay is lovely because that's yeah. really like, that's like the opposite. It's like fluting mm, mountains. Yeah. And I actually turned my phone off for four days when we went there. Did you? Longest time ever. Um, it was over Christmas and so no one like was contacting me, yeah. but actually it felt amazing Did it? just to switch off. Detox. And I was just looking out and it was just fluting mountains. It is and unreal, like, isn't it? Oh, insane. It, it was unreal. amazing. In fact, we might be going back for Christmas oh, to Vietnam. No I know. Well, because we didn't go because the weather was bad. We didn't. We went to Cambodia early, and we didn't go down the coast, um, right. down down to Hoi um, An and down yeah, to Nha Trang we, and all of that. We didn't get to Hoi An. We didn't get to Hoi An. So that's what we're thinking to do: is to go to Hoi An. I want to get a nice suit made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but big also, call. like the, the culture there, I really, um, it really got me interested in Buddhism. I meditated every day while I was there. Really? I read about six books. I don't read normally because I read all day for work. Yeah. And so my little brain is so tired when I get home. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I'll just play with my dog and then <laughs> yeah, go to yeah, sleep. Yeah, yeah, That's the last thing you want to do, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, so yeah, that was really positive. And actually, it's the best holiday I've ever been on. We went for Christmas and New Year and it was just fab. Really mm. good. And the temples were amazing as well. I'm not really, you know, I'm not one to do loads of sightseeing normally, but we, we spent quite a lot of time looking at the temples and it was just so peaceful and yeah, it's, it's, di- totally different to here it's clean and it's mm. it's like it's spotless in it is it was mm. it mainly buddhist temples that you went to yeah all buddhist temples yeah and, and what did you find from the buddhism did you did you get a lot from that i just you? i just love the idea of buddhism and i'm mm. I'm, I'm researching it now to incorporate more into my life we actually when we got back my partner and i went uh we were looking at like buddhist temples around um because loads in leeds and mm. they offer um like free meditation classes oh wow so you can actually yeah. go into any buddhist um, temple that anyone can go in and you can join their um, sessions when, and they do different types of meditation and um that's kind oh. of like a prayer type thing for you know yeah yeah but yeah it's it's really it's 
it's just a way of life. Mm. And that's the difference, I think, with yeah. it. I'm not a religious person, um, but I just thought it just resonates with what I'm trying to achieve, which is this more like peaceful, present life. Yeah. It's not like... Um... It's not like many other religions where it's like looking up towards a god, is it? No, it's well, they like, have the Buddha, but it's slightly different. Yeah, they have He's the like Buddha. The, the Buddha was, um, the story of him is it was like very spoiled as a kid and yes. not allowed to, to go out of his castle walls and stuff like that. Yeah. And then he's gone and found suffering and, and yeah. understood that that's suffering. So is, it's a great story, isn't it, behind it? Yeah, yeah. a great story behind it. And, and like you say, it is a way of life and, and it does relate to a lot of, I guess it relates to a lot of these like new age books that are coming out and, yeah. and I imagine you might have read a, a few of them out there. Did you read any any new age kind of? I read, oh God, I read loads, loads of different books while I was out there. I read yeah. um, The Four Hour Week. Because, Four Hour Work Week, yeah, yeah, that yeah. Is one, that's one that that's, got me started. Yeah, um, Man's Search for Meaning read by that Victor as well. Frankel. That's awesome. Yeah, really good. What, what were the best bits from that book that you got? Oh, I just said, it's just how he can be I don't know yeah it just it just blows your mind how he can go through all of that and well obviously if anyone's not read it it's a a book about a psychiatrist in a concentration camp Mm. and his journey and how he finds his sense of being and purpose Mm. when he has absolutely nothing and he possibly could die at any at any stage it's okay I'm not really selling it here but (laughs) but it's not too grim no um, but it is it's a story it's 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 an empowering story about his journey so empowering yeah and uh, there's a there's a quote from that that sticks with me all the time. Um, if you've got a strong enough why, you can cope with almost yeah. anyhow. Ah, oh, I love that. That's yeah how, yeah. how amazing is that? And that's he's obviously had. I know he talks about that in detail. Mm. At that um, being in that situation and mm. you know in 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 the death camp and speaking about the people he was with. Yes, how they had a why. It might have been to to finally meet up with her family yeah. again. Um, in his yeah. case, it was finish a book, a psychiatry yeah. book. Yeah. And it turned into yeah. something different, obviously, after that experience. Yeah, but. it is. I think, I mean, one of the reasons I set up Thrive when my why was to thrive. So that was actually formed part of my reasoning and and makeup and brand decision was mm. my my why was, I, well, we want people to thrive in the workplace. Yeah. And so I completely resonate yeah. with that because even though it's been like a really difficult journey and, you know, at times I'm like, do I you know can I do this and you think like oh god I can't do this anymore yeah. but actually you just go back to your why it and of, it re- that's it that's it like really does work yeah, yeah. so it kind yeah. of raises its head in the tough times doesn't it it really does <laughs> yeah well why am I doing it oh yeah that's why yeah, yeah I'll, I'll crack on yeah and I yeah. think that's that is a big message and, and it, I think it does a bit of working to get to that um I've, I've I've had a lot of work to get to mine and um it's come through lots of injuries and lots yeah. of resilience to get back and um yeah resilience is key when it comes to mental yeah, health definitely yeah for sure for sure um i think you can build it i think you can build mm. resilience and and cater into different things um or encounter different things into yeah. into into your life to build resilience um but i think as long as you have that why that's a constant running through your life with the values that you know you operate mm. by um that's a really big lesson I've learned over the last couple of years. Really, what would you to... say your why is? Ooh, <laughs> that's a big it's hard to put it like in one one word, but yeah. like in a kind of summary. I know that um, when when I was struggling, um, I know that I, I kind of, it came out of that. It came out of that thinking, if I do get through this um, and come and come through the other side of it, um, it's going to help other people mm. um, and help other guys. 
So that's why. Yeah. That's it's why that, it's the greater good, isn't it? I always think with that. And you know what? It can sound really cheesy, but some people just want to just do their own thing. But mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, you don't you don't set yourself up to do all these other things unless you have a a great almost like another purpose. Exactly. And you, yeah. You but do feel as though what, you, what yourself. Yes. Is, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm not supposed to interview you, am I? <laughs> no, that's right. That's right. That. Um, but that's why it is, and it is so yeah. it's so powerful to, to have that and. I'm almost grateful for, for those episodes, you know, and 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 lucky yeah. to have, have experienced them because it's, it's. I think it's adversity does make you stronger, though, and um, that's what I definitely learned through having left my job and thinking I'm never going to be a lawyer again. Mm. To then going, I'm going to set up a law firm. I mean, that's not a normal thing to do. What was the turning point for you there? Like, what was the inspiration to do that? Okay, so when I first left the um, the firm, I was really, really poorly. I didn't work for a while. And then I worked as a consultant. So rather than being employed, I had control, I had my own company, but I was kind of like working under someone else's umbrella. And I did that because I wanted to build my confidence up. So I did that for a little bit. But then... After about probably about six months, my confidence was back up because my clients were all coming to me. People were like saying how fantastic the work was, which I didn't believe at the time. And Mm. I think once I got it to that point, I was like, actually, I'm really busy and I can do more than just be. I think my issue was I couldn't get my brand and my values and my why out through someone else's brand. So if I'm working for loads of other people in the background, I couldn't go out and kind of give those messages that I wanted to give. Mm. And so I had to do it on my own to then create that culture and the brand that I wanted to move it forward and to launch the campaign. I couldn't launch a campaign working for somebody else Mm. because not everybody shares those values and very little lawyers will campaign because they like to keep things quite yeah. simple and you know well it's not simple but they yeah. just don't want to be kind of nailing their opinions to the mast I think. yeah yeah that's um so you had to kind of go through that fear and step out on your yeah. own yeah so it was actually really scary at one point I was like I'm yeah I'm done I yeah. can't do this I well actually know quite a few points <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah but it shows like you just have to go back to the why and like why why did I become a solicitor in the first place I want mm. to help people um, I wanted to give people a voice who couldn't speak for themselves. So if I give up, then I'm not doing what I, I, I set out to do in the first place. And then when I got through all of that, I was like, well, if I can get through that, I think that would empower the people to show them that even if you have a breakdown and you, you feel like you've really lost your shit, like that's how I felt. Yeah. Um you can kind of pull it back and actually turn it into a positive. So that adversity made me a lot stronger and it gave me such a better perspective on life. Yeah. What, Much what more perspective so. do you think it's given you? Well, just pers- perspective from from my clients uh, when when they come to me and they're like in a really dire situation, I can truly see it through their eyes because I've been there, um, and I think that that's really powerful when you're in a client meeting and they are like they can't speak properly and they're in such a state um as solicitors we kind of end up being a bit like counsellors as well you know we're not counsellors but ultimately if someone's been discriminated against or they've been sacked and they've lost the job they're pretty upset they've Mm -hmm. lost a livelihood so um to be able to be in that position whilst it wasn't pleasant at the time it gave me that perspective um from from the client's um that I see, but also in, in life generally, I think it gave me the perspective that actually sometimes you have a shit week, shit month, but actually it can get better and, um, you've got to ride through it and push through it and put things in place. And I learned a lot through my therapy. Um, I did a lot of CBT and counseling and I learned a lot about myself through that. 
what my trigger points were, um, how to deal with that. And because everyone always goes to me, oh, you don't seem like you've got anxiety, which really is so annoying. <laughs> and, um, and, and I can understand what they mean to an extent because there's this preconceived idea of people who are anxious, don't leave the house or mm. whatever. Um, but it's an internal battle. And I think, mm. you know, it's one that I'll always live with, but I kind of just get on with it now and I have really good days and I have really bad days. Yeah, I think I think everyone has anxiety to some certain degree. And if you didn't have anxiety... Some anxiety is okay. It's, yeah. it's when it becomes um, a disorder that you need yeah. to be heavily medicated for that yeah, exactly. that, that causes... I'm medication-free now as well. So oh, I actually came off my medication in December, having been on it most of my life. So yeah. that was a real big turning point. And whilst there's no... For me, I don't think... I don't think it matters either way. You do what's right for you and there shouldn't mm. be any negative connotation on medication, but I really mm. struggled on it. So yeah. I wanted to come off it and that was a big turning point for me. Yeah. So it's like setting yourself little milestones. I think it really helps. Yeah. And I think you, you've talked, you spoke about CBT and, mm. and therapy and stuff, but you've kind of molded the, the most positive and the best thing that you can do from what you've been through, what yeah. you're feeling. Um, and that anxiety, that you know, that fear and stuff, you can you can push it in towards something. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can use it in a positive way. Yeah. But it's getting your head around that that you can do that and, and, because and filling it into into yeah. that rather than it being a negative and something yeah. that takes control of you, I guess. Which is why the CBT helps because in that process you learn what is your opinion of a situation and what actually is a situation. Yeah. And it's, it starts to teach you, you know, about yourself and your mind and your thoughts, which sounds, you know, it sounds a bit deep but actually it's it's helpful to understand you know why you feel the way you do and why you react yeah. physically like I suffer really badly with panic attacks and mm. um that physical feeling I don't know if, if you've ever had one wow. it's it's horrible you feel like you can't breathe you're shaking you're sweating it's it's just a really yeah. um uncomfortable but scary situation um sometimes you feel like you're dying and it's yeah. like you know to feel like that I sat at your desk at work and nobody understands what you're going through that's not very mm. that's not nice whereas one of my girls had really bad anxiety last week and she was like okay I think I'm having an anxiety attack so we just dealt with it you know we had a conversation and she just came and spoke to me and yeah. I mean I am a mental health first aider and I've trained all my staff up as well but I think like just the fact that she could say I think I'm I think yeah, I'm that's getting massive. in a bit, it's huge. That is massive. It's so powerful to just have that conversation yeah. and just feel comfortable. I think. And once you normalise it, I imagine it's just, yeah. it's just the thing. So to... that's, that's what I want to do. You hit the nail on the head. I want to normalise mental health in the workplace so that you talk about mental health, like you talk about your leg hurting mm. or, you know, you would, no one would think twice to ask you about your leg. Mm. Um, but or your back yeah, or your yeah. you know your eyes you have eye yeah. tests that type of thing but when it comes to mental health there's just still that little something and some places it's better than others I'm not saying everywhere's horrendous but it's there's still so so much we need to do yeah I think. yeah what what stuff would you recommend I mean we, we talked we spoke about a couple of books there yeah um Oh, I've got um, loads of books. Yeah, well, you can you can unload, yeah. Any yeah. books for personal life? Yeah. Any books or any material mm. for workplaces? Um, you can freestyle on this. Um, freestyle, and, and, I like and, that. And, and, and just, just unload if you okay, want. Okay, so um, The Chimp Paradox yeah. is really good. Um, I resonated with that, having anxiety. Um, the Little Chimp in the Brain, I think yeah. that was really good. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is a really good book. Cool. Um, the Alchemist. Good little fable. Someone's just that... lent that to me now. Yeah. Cam Smith. Just so it's that only to me. a small book, but it's it's um it's a great story. Mm. Um and then yeah, I mean there's just there's so many to be honest. Um 
in terms of like workplace stuff, there's loads of resources available online. So if it depends what people want, I mean, I'm starting to do some videos, like short videos around how, how to manage someone when they come back from work or, um, how, if you're an employee, what you, what you should be doing when you go back to work, how you should communicate that type of thing. So there's, there's other people that do stuff like that as well. The charities provide written guides, there's blogs, there's loads mm. of stuff. But I think the issue that we've got at the moment is everything's quite scattered everywhere yeah. and it's what to trust. Yeah, yeah. I think that Good can point. be really difficult. And disability discrimination arises where people aren't treated properly around mental health. And that's what my speciality is. So mm. I'm trying to focus the stuff that I do to make sure it's in keeping with the law yeah. and not just guidance just on what you, yeah yeah because yeah, yeah, there's so a lot out there isn't there? there's a lot out there and there's a lot of stuff that's not um that's not not provided by people who are necessarily trained in mental health or in law mm-hmm. or hr so it's just making sure you check where that resource has come from um check it's credible i think that's that's the key thing and um yeah there's i mean there's loads of stuff that you can do with charities i think they generally have um quite a few good resources and like mm-hmm. i said the mente they have loads of yeah. guides and videos about different ways to deal with things which yeah. is good and they touch a lot on um suicide and um debt as well right. so talking about some of the triggers around oh, those areas useful. of people's yeah. lives cool um that's all useful that jody and, and where could people find you on twitter on twitter instagram linkedin all that sort of yeah stuff. so twitter and instagram's easy it's just i am jody hill you are jody i hill. am i am jody hill <laughs> and then um if you do, if i think linkedin you just literally type in jody hill and i'll come up but i think cool. it's got lawyer and managing yeah. director of Thriving thrive law lawyer. I'm a thriving lawyer, <laughs> but yeah, so there's uh, on all the platforms we're available and, and thrive Laura thrive underscore law, I think. Cool. So yeah, Brill. thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me.